previously on Age of Legends Downfall. After traveling to Duat Duwati, El and Red found themselves exchanging manual labor for a place to sleep on a farmstead whose owner is known as Hannah. Just before turning in, the two noticed a very large man carrying a person-shaped sack into the woods. Despite being told to keep a low profile by Mistress, L and Red pursued the man immediately. Coming upon him where the woods met a raging river, they found themselves locked in battle with this mountain of a man to prevent him from throwing the sack into the river. That sack contained a young girl who had been bound by chains and was paralyzed in some way. After defeating the man in combat, our dynamic duo carried the girl back to the farmstead where Hannah rushed to meet them and demanded to know why the girl, known as Darren, was in such a terrible state. So as you make your way back to Hannah's home, uh, she sort of just uh, waves you into the back porch. She has a very nice, very large, very well-kept and very lovely home. Uh, it is two stories. The first story has an enormous large kitchen, a uh, family dining room that you can see has 10 tables, <laughs> 10 tables, holy shit, uh, 10 chairs <laughs> around a large oval table. Uh, and then the front room for receiving seems like it hasn't really been used all that often. Uh, and then a staircase that leads upstairs. She immediately uh, tells you to set Darren, as you now know her, uh, on this table and starts moving chairs out of the way. Uh, and she asks you, you know, what happened to her? Why is she like this? Where's her uncle? Listen, listen, listen. We have just as much information pretty much as what you have right now. I yelled at you when we were taken off. We saw this lumbering mountain of a man carrying off a sack of something and went to go check it out because Ernest you saw Ernest where is he Ernest is Ernest her uncle yes Ernest is her uncle her parents passed away a few years ago and he's been watching after her he doesn't have a mean streak to him but he's not a good father Ernest carries an axe occasionally if he has to when the wolves are at it yeah Okay. well I believe Ernest has expired has Ernest ever tried to harm Darren? No. He shouts. He hollers. He's thrown her out before, but he's never tried to harm her. And at this point, she looks down at Darren, uh, and you do as well, and you realize, like, something about her presence, sort of like this motherly concern, like, exuding from her. Darren is in full tears at this point. And she's just sort of shaking her head, like, as much as she can. Um, and so she just starts, like, going through all of her herbs and trying to figure out exactly what she can do to help. Um, and she's just going back to her and seeing that there's nothing exactly wrong with her. Um, and she's trying to figure out exactly why she's in the state she's in. She says, what do you mean? What do you mean Ernest expired? Why are you asking me if he's tried to hurt her before? And why can't she talk right now? Uh, okay, hold on. Hannah, I don't know. This might be a fork root situation here. Just want to point you in that right direction. Don't want to tell you. As your soon as you say the word fork root, her eyes go super wide. And you notice two things. One... She looks down with this realization of the fact that Darren is paralyzed and she's starting to put two and two together of why fork root would be used in this situation. And I should note at this point that most of the people in this world are in L's position of they don't really know what fork root does. 
it's a pretty closely guarded secret that there is just an herb out there that can actually block channelers from being able to touch the one power. She immediately rushes out of the room um, and you can hear her just going through boxes and just sort of like peeking around the corner. You can see there's the front receiving room and on the other side of the house on the other side of the door is a room that just has wall to wall shelves, some big, some little, and they're all labeled with various herbs. And when she opens fork root and she looks into it, she pulls it out and she throws it on the ground furiously. And then she starts grabbing herbs from different spots and she rushes into the kitchen and starts boiling water. And she's sort of mumbling to herself and you can overhear what she's saying. And she's saying, Ernest isn't smart enough. He's not smart enough. He wouldn't do this. Why would he do this? This has to be someone else. As she's running around the house, Red's going to holler like, are we okay here? Do we need to be immediately doing anything with her? Is she just sit with her, keep her awake? What's the situation, Hannah? If you keep her company, she's she's going to be just fine here in a second. But you know, you know what Forkroot does. I can see it. Oh, yeah. I've seen things that have happened around the farm. I've seen things that have been moved that I thought even Ernest can't lift that. And it had just been moved. I know what she can do. And I know that people around here, in the most part, afraid of channelers and they just try and stay out of their business but i can't imagine anyone going to the lengths to hurt someone wisdom to tell you the truth the reason we ran into the forest is because we saw ernest as you call him basically carrying darren in a sack and was about to throw her into the river oh my god it's so not him and she finishes boiling this water with all these herbs in it and pours it out into a cup and she mixes in a little bit of cold water with it and she marches over to Darren and she holds her head up and uh, she just starts pouring it into her mouth with some of this liquid pouring out of the sides of her lips. But she's swallowing ferociously and uh, as she starts to swallow, you see seconds go by. The tips of her fingers are starting to gain purchase as if she's starting to be able to use them. And then from the tips to the whole fingers, then her hands and then she starts flexing her hands and you notice that her hands are clenching into fists. And she starts feeling healthy enough to start speaking. The first thing that she says is, it wasn't just him. Some man came to our house a few nights ago and I hid. And Ernest talked to him and at first it seemed like he was there for Ernest. And then after they talked for a little while, they started whispering to each other. And it was almost like Ernest was listening to him, like he was telling him a truth that he had just needed to hear for a very long time. And then he left. And then in the morning, Ernest just, he's always looked at me like he was afraid of me, but he's never looked at me like he hated me before. And I fell asleep one night and I woke up in the morning and I just had the sense that something was wrong with him. The whole day today, something was wrong. He wasn't doing his chores. I couldn't find him. And then I went to go sit down for dinner and I took a drink. And the next thing I knew, it was like the whole world had gone dull. And then after that, I just sort of couldn't move. And he tied me up and he tossed me over his shoulder. And then the next thing I knew, I had the wind knocked out of me falling on the ground. And I heard him screaming like he was gonna kill someone. And then there was the two of you. What did that other man look like? Did you see him? His face was covered by a hood and he never took it down. He came in and he was looking for something and it's it's not like he found it but he just left they talked and then he left and i don't know i've never seen him before he's never come by 
Red's going to to Hannah. He's going to convey that. Uh, yeah, Ernest was clearly enraged by something. Um, I overheard you say that he's not smart enough to know about Fork Root. Like, he was fueled more emotionally than anybody I've seen in a long time. Even upon death, seemed to be fighting with his very last ounce of energy to dispose of Darren, not to fight us. We were just in the way. Darren says, he wanted her dead too. I heard him say that. Who, Hannah? I heard him say, you have to die too. And she points at L. Okay. Because in combat, he did say that. Oh. He did say that. I was trying to hide that. Didn't want everyone to know that I was a magic user. That one flew over my head. When when Hannah hears that, Hannah looks at both of you and she's sort of processing this and she's sort of whispering to herself like, bloody fool, I can't believe he'd get himself involved in something like this. And she's gathering up all the fork root that she threw on the floor earlier when she hurled it in a rage. Um, and there's a fire on the hearth and she starts walking over to it and just chucking it all in there. And she's like, I have more than enough herbs that I can use it for anything that fork root's capable of. And she looks at Darren and she says, you can stay here. You're going to stay here for as long as you need to. And and, and we'll tell them that someone showed up and and whatever happened, whatever happened to your uncle, it was that person's fault. And then she looks at both of you and it's like she's trying to solve a puzzle. And she thinks and she thinks. And she says, my late husband was about your size and I think I have some clothes that you could fit into if you want to dress down a little bit. And I, I certainly have something for you. And she points at Al. And she said, all my daughters and sons have moved on, so I have all their clothes because they come home often. But y'all are staying in the house tonight. You're not staying in the barn. Can I stay in the barn anyway? <laughs> but I think you all understand when I say this you're gone at first light no one can know you were here before you can say anything Darren says I'm not staying here I'm gonna find who that was and I'm gonna fucking kill them whoa kid <laughs> when you look over at her like she has this look on her face and L in particular when you see this look it's not rage or bloodlust it's just this look of determination and you recognize it because you've seen it on your face and you've seen it on your face in the mirror and you know it's what your face looks like when you're dealing with A, with your sister, especially when she's being a hoity-toity bitch. And you just see a person that's attached to a mission and you get this feeling like you sort of need to guide her. I'll leave it up to you how you want to do that. But you definitely get this sort of instinct like you need to step in here. Darren, I understand your anger and I understand your rage, but... At this point, you don't have enough of this ability to accomplish that task. I think there is a place for people like you. All I've ever been told is that people who can channel should mind their own business and stay away from good folk like my uncle used to be. That's not necessarily true. There is a place where people like me can teach you and we can help you harness the power that you have. It's called the Hall of Servants. When you say that, Darren just like blank face. Just never heard of it before. Uh, it, it's like someone in the country never hearing of, you know, a particular fancy place in a big city, just like in our world. When you say that, though, you see Hannah's face and she's just terrified when you mention Hall of Servants. Conversely, kid, you don't have to ever go anywhere near that place if you don't want to. 
<laughs> this L is the exact of, dynamic when I wrote this. I'm like, I can't wait to see this play out. L like steps in, 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 across so that like Darren can't see red. You're short enough um, where she can see you and look up and still see his head. <laughs> and she's kind of going back and forth between the two of you. And she says, you'll teach me how to use it so I can kill him. And it's a probably a good point to mention in the age of legends, the oath rod does not exist. So you don't have to swear the three oaths and prevent using the one power as a weapon. You can do that, should you wish. Um, so trying to guide her to the Hall of Servants will undoubtedly make her more in control of her power. And you realize at this point, you don't know how strong she is. But at the same time, it won't provide the restrictions that if you sent someone to the White Tower in the Third Age would. I would also like to point out, too, that because, Adam, you just said that they're not using the Oath Rod to use the power as a weapon against anybody that's like not a dark friend or shadow spawn or whatever. It means um, I can lie. It means that Ace said I can lie. So that's yeah. a fun thing. There's a third thing too, but I can't think of what it is. I think it's, you have to have ice cream on Sundays. I'm pretty sure. <sighs> ice cream on Sundays? <laughs> Fuck. They're so cool in the third age. <laughs> it's called the ice cream age by most. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of like steps in front so that you see like L and then you see red and she says, the Hall of Servants will help you to hone your powers, to make you more powerful. But my hope is that it will also teach you control over the power that you already have. And if after you finish your training and you still want to kill this person, then that is your right for what they did to your uncle and to you. But my hope is that you will learn that there is more to living than revenge. Look at me being 21 and so wise. <laughs> She's sort of nodding her head, and you realize, like, she's starting to tear up again. Um, and Hannah says, all this talk of killing, no one's killing anyone. I'm going to make some more food. We're all going to sit down. We're going to eat, and everyone's going to go to bed, and everything will look better in the light of day. And I thank you two for everything you've done, and I hope you'll be safe on your journey forward. But, Darren, we'll talk about this, and it's going to come down to what you choose, and whatever you choose, I'll help you. But you don't want to go down a path like that. Also, uh, out of character, out of show, uh, the third oath was to never make a weapon which mm. one man may kill another. They stopped mm. making Angriel with the oath run. Very cool. Darren, if you do choose to go to the Hall of Servants, tomorrow at first light, I can send you there. You go to the Hall of Servants, you go to their public forum, and you tell them that I sent you. I'll think about it. El, can I talk to you outside real quick? Sure. Uh, and she kind of realizes that she's kind of like revealing who she is. Yeah. So, and so she's like, she goes outside. With that's, that's kind of the thing. We, we get through the door and I think he kind of like, I don't want to be uh, overstepping personal space or anything like that. But he's he's like, hey, what the fuck? You're like blowing our cover right now. Telling this kid to go the whole thing over there. I'm sure that Hannah knows exactly who we are, who you are but you don't need to be telegraphing that to every single person that we meet. You are 0 for 2 right now, young lady. Listen, I think if we hadn't told her about the Hall of Servants, she would have gone on to use her powers for destruction. You know, it doesn't... She can't control it. But it What do you mean she can't? You haven't seen a single thing that she can or cannot do. You only know that the fact that she has an innate ability and somebody wants to snuff it out and you want to just take her to the Hall of Servants, which that place isn't any better than anywhere else that she could possibly go. It's like a hall of serpents. <laughs> You're talking about where I grew up and where all of my friends are. You know, I spent more than enough time in that place to know it's not a place for everybody. 
Well, how will she know until she goes and tries? Because if she doesn't do well enough over there to the Hall of Servants expectations, they're going to discard her to the streets like a piece of trash. And she's going to be a stranger in a strange land that nobody's going to bother to send her back to this place because she has no place to go to. And she's going to just end up growing up, finding her way on her own, completely alone at this point. And if she stays here, she's going to die. There's someone out there who's trying to kill her. Yeah, but Hannah is going to take her in. She's also not our problem. Hannah can keep watch over her and spirit her away wherever she feels like she wants to take her. You mean Hannah with her herbs is going to help her fight against this person who probably enchanted her uncle? You know, Hannah, uh, I don't know if you read the room when you mentioned the Hall of Servants to her, but she feels probably the same way that I do about it, and it's not good. I'm giving her an option. She doesn't have to choose it. Fair, but I feel like you're maybe putting your thumb on the scale a little too heavily for her. It's what I knew, and I think I turned out okay, and I think that she would do well there. She doesn't have to choose it. Okay, fair point. She's just a kid. Point of order, how old is she? Ish. 13. Oh, right. She's just a kid. You shouldn't train a Jedi who's that old, but I think with Ace to die, you're all right. (laughs) Be that as it may, she's just a kid. She was just accosted and kidnapped by her uncle. She's being hunted down, essentially, with a bounty on her head. Let's give her a little bit of time before you say, sorry, your uncle's dead. We just rescued you from a sack. Now go to this place, and now you have a house to live in, and they're going to train you with the power. She has until tomorrow. So as you guys are having this exchange, um, you notice that Hannah uh, loudly opens the door. Sort of trying to announce her presence so that if you need to talk um, about private things, you can stop now. And she says, you know, supper's going to be ready. And we've all had a really long, really hard day. And things just are better when you can go to bed with a stomach full of hot food. So everyone come inside. Anything that we need to talk about can wait until morning. And she just looks at you like, that's it. Whatever you're talking about, it's done. It can wait until tomorrow. Elle will go inside. And I, I wholeheartedly agree, L. She gives Red, like, a look. <laughs> Doesn't say anything, goes inside. So as you start making your way in, just the smell of freshly cooked food sort of just hits you in the face. Uh, You haven't had a home-cooked meal in quite some time and definitely not something that's been home-cooked by someone who's like on a farm getting stuff fresh. And it's it's all the things that you could hope to see on a farm. Fresh chicken, uh, it's fresh greens, you have mashed potatoes, you have like the world's best gravy. She sets it all down in front of you. It's, it's like a feast almost, like she's trying to repair what's happened in the day by the food that she's cooked. And I know that we're playing loose with time and that thing takes a little while to cook. Um, but let's just say that your conversation outside took place while she was cooking and it was not super uh, like lengthy and intense, but it was long enough for her to get dinner made. And you go inside and you sit down to this meal and it's, it takes absolutely delicious and you notice that Darren is being pretty quiet but she doesn't seem to be angry it's like she's weighing options she's certainly thinking about what to do as you look at her you just realize that it's probably a good thing she's being so pensive in this moment and you don't really want to interrupt her train of thought because it doesn't look like she has this sort of rage that you would see on the face of someone who wants to kill someone the meal ends and uh, Hannah escorts Darren to a room upstairs And she comes back down and says, all right, you two follow me. Uh, And she starts making her way upstairs. And she points at you, Red. 
you can sleep in here. Uh, this used to be the master bedroom. There's an armoire in there that has uh, plenty of clothes that should fit you, and some of it's uh, a little bit less dressy than what you're wearing right now, so guards won't look at you a second time if you're going to be traveling wherever you're going. And she just sort of walks away, and she points to the next room over, and she says, uh, and for you, you can sleep here. This is my daughter's room. Uh, she has traveled away. She hasn't been back in some time, but there's most likely some stuff that'll fit you. It might be a little bit big, uh, but same thing. It should uh, dress you down enough where you can just sneak by whoever you need to, and come light of morning, I'll wake you all up, and you can be on your way. Am I putting you out by sleeping in the master here, Hannah? I haven't slept in there since he died. Oh, well, thank you for your hospitality. We'll see you in the morning. Thank you, Hannah. She walks away and she has this just like look like she doesn't think anyone's watching her anymore. And it's like her shoulders just shrug. You can tell she's exhausted from the day she said. And she starts just walking downstairs, shaking her head like bloody fools, (laughs) like just so exhausted. And you hear the clattering of dishes downstairs and um, you are standing in the hallway. You can go to your rooms if you would like, or you can you can talk a little bit more if you prefer. Uh, L very pointedly shuts the door <laughs> like this conversation's over. <laughs> Red uh, gives that like, yep, same and closes his door behind him. So you all do whatever you do to sort of wind down for the night. Um, you get ready. You see the clothes that you have available to you. You have your your packs with you. Your horses are in the stable, so you know that uh, you basically have a wake-up call coming in the morning. So be ready to ride when that comes. So however you prepare for sleep, eventually you do lay down, and it does come. As you're sleeping, you don't really dream. Nothing super significant, nothing of note. It's probably the exhaustion from the day uh, washing over you. But this happens to both of you independently and you do not realize it happens to the other one, but you sort of feel something pulling you awake. You could feel like it's a nudge, like someone trying to shake you awake almost. Not as sad as that scene in Lion King where like Simba's like trying to wake up Mufasa. But like that sort of soft nudge, uh, you, you almost feel like there's something in the room with you. And as you wake up in the middle of the night, you sort of realize that this wasn't exactly a physical thing. It, you just felt something tugging at you. And for whatever reason, you're both drawn to the window. And if this were like a movie, it would almost be like split screens where you both sort of wake up and feel something like intuition and you sort of walk to the window simultaneously. Somewhere out there. <laughs> As you walk over to the window, and you pull open these shades. I know I'm stealing away your your agency, but that happens sometimes, especially in Wheel of Time. Uh, you look out to see Darren uh, with a knapsack on her back, slowly leading Elle's horse out of the stable. She has a knapsack on her back? Yes, it is crudely stuffed. You can see that there's still like sleeves hanging out of it, but it is clear that she is trying to escape away in the middle of the night. Our association with knapsacks is that there's bodies in them, so I'm assuming <laughs> that's what this I'm checking. This one is more like a bindle, not yeah. so much like a big tarp that's been rolled. Like it's not a rug that has chain wrapped yeah. around it. I don't, I don't immediately go, Hannah, you still in here with us? Okay. I, don't, I don't, I don't mean to make light of this, but to yeah, point of clarification, yeah, she's got her clothes and she's sitting out on her own. Yeah, which horse did she take? She's trying to take Elle's horse right now. Motherfucker, jerk. Yeah, and as you observe this happening, roll a perception check. Well, you don't as much hear anything as you notice Darren have a reaction to something. 
Red, what you notice is you hear horses approaching. Uh, and then as you hear these getting closer, you notice Darren uh, notice this herself. And uh, as she turns and looks up, you both catch uh, out of the corner of your vision from what you can actually see what appears to be three individuals dressed in the garb of the guard of Majin. Uh, and they come and they seem to be speaking to her, uh, not loud enough for you to hear, but definitely in a very authoritative voice and tone. Horses came up and Darren is there trying to take a horse and they're already here. Correct. Essentially, she's walking out. She's holding the reins of a horse that's sort of protesting as she's trying to basically horse nap it. Yep. You hear these horses approaching Red and they start speaking to her. Yep. Uh, and she's like shaking her head furiously. Like whatever they're saying, like she's not okay with. I'm up and I'm getting out of the house right now. Same. I open the door and if it's not already open, I'm going to just do the look, like, quick pounding on Elle's door. And yeah, I like downstairs. put on my cloak and like run out. As you all rush downstairs, this is happening essentially in the backyard. Um, you emerge from the doors and at this point you can hear shouting. Uh, and these three dismount and they start approaching her with arms drawn. At this point, Red, you get the telltale cold chills or goosebumps that run along your skin every time you feel a female channeler uh, reach out to the one power. L, you can actually see when someone that can channel embraces the power. And the light that surrounds her is greater than anyone you've literally ever seen before. So whatever power she has in this raw form is extremely powerful. And as soon as you see it surround her, the earth erupts in front of these three guardsmen. And it doesn't just erupt in a shower of sort of uh, dirt that's going to give her cover to run away. It literally blows them into the air, 20 or 30 feet into the air, and they fly through the air like ragdolls. And two of their horses scatter. One of their horses uh, sort of runs towards Darren, and she's able to jump in front of it and uh, sort of calm it or soothe it uh, as this is apparently a trained war horse, and uh, she winds up getting on top of this thing and just sort of speeding away towards you. And as you see this scene unfold, uh, these three bodies that are soaring through the air sort of collapse and just roll over themselves like bodies that do not have any control over themselves anymore. You are almost certain that these three men are dead. What the fuck was that? That is when you don't have any control over your powers. Oh my god, I'm gonna run. Did she bolt? Is she gone? She's running towards you because she's on the horseback running towards you, and I know it's a pretty fucking far stretch that she's able to get this thing under control, but the plot. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but she's coming towards you because she's heading towards the road. Uh, you probably won't have time to get in front of the horse or anything, but you can I'm gonna, say something. I'm gonna yell at or, her. Like, Darren, yeah. what the hell are you doing? Thanks for all your help, she says as she gallops past. Oh god. Do I have enough time to cast hold person? <laughs> You can try, absolutely. Do you have hold horse spell? Just really eject her out no, of that? No, just hold person so the horse can keep running. All right. That's great. In fact, in this world, you would use whole would. person as wrapping them in air, and yeah. they would just yeah. float there while the horse keeps going. so funny. Uh, wisdom save, please. All right. What's their DC that she has to beat? Uh, 14. She rolled a 16. Ooh, okay. So you reach out to wrap her in your weaves of air, uh, and these emit from you with purpose. And you see them start, start taking purchase. And it's almost as if Darren doesn't know exactly what she's doing. 
Um, but she has weaves of her own sort of come out to sort of slice your weaves if they sort of start to gain purchase and, and tie her in the air. And uh, just that quickly, with that opportunity that you had to snatch her up off that horse, she's gone. Uh, I'm going to go check the... Uh, I, I mean, like, this chaos just ensued. I was sleeping five minutes ago, I'm assuming, and I'm walking out here now to an explosion of ground and bodies and Darren's gone on a horse. I'm just going to hands in the air, walk around and go, okay, well... Let's go check these people, see if they're even alive anymore. Hannah, are you up? You turn around to yell that, and she's standing on the deck, and she's just like, what in the hell just happened? Uh, Hannah and I are of one mind. We're just both standing there with our hands up like, fucking kids. <laughs> Teenagers, am I right? Yeah. So she, she walks out with you to check on these guys, and she's just like shaking her head. I suppose Darren has made her choice. Yeah. I suppose she has. I'm going to go over to the bodies and see, like, so are they are they gone? They're gone. Like, you can see just from looking at them that it's almost like their faces and their chests were caved in by the impact oh my of God. the earth shooting up at them. And the, the fall from the sky and the essential tumble that they took after they collided with the earth didn't do them any favors. And they are just demolished. They were wearing breastplates, and they have completely caved in. I'm going to hold by like the neck area and like the insert of the of the shoulder slash like armpit of one of these plate things and like give it a good shake while Hannah comes over and Red has never seen this before this is this is something that a horse falls on somebody and this happens like this happened with the one power from this kid and then he just looks up at Hannah y'all should probably leave the last thing I can tell you before you go when you get into the city look for an inn that goes by the name The Glowing Orb. My son runs it, and I think at this point you owe me enough to deliver a message. Let him know that I left, and I ain't never coming back. Because if they came here looking for her, they're going to come here looking for me. And you tell him. You tell him why. And once you do, you tell him I told you that you deserve a room there for what you've done for me. And he'll take care of you. His name is Harold. And if you call him Hair Bear... He'll know I sent you. Okay, I'm leaving the campaign. Where's my... Uh, <laughs> she she turns around and she just walks back to that house. And she, it's like you guys never existed at this point to her. What's Elle doing right now? Elle probably like knew that these people were dead. Like she's seen like the whole like earth kind of thing before that other people have done. She's like, yep, they're dead. So like wasn't even going to go over to look at them. She was probably about to go back towards the house before Hannah was like, you guys need to leave. Yeah, we'll start to, like, hitch things up to our horse. As she walks past you, since you were by the house when she said that to Red, she says, I want you to know one thing. I know this isn't your fault. And she just walks away. Man, I really actually feel bad that we kind of brought this onto her in a way. So she walks back into the house, uh, and the two of you go back in there to collect your, your belongings. You put on some of the clothes that she has given you. Uh, that way you can look less assuming. And you sort of make your way out at the same time that you notice that she has also packed a bag. She has walked to the stables and uh, saddled her own horse. And she leaves without saying a word to you. Uh, and she just sort of rides off. And you can tell she's probably not going to come back to this place. Uh, and the two of you get on your horses and you head to the road in your new garb. Uh, and just as you get onto the road, you see the sun crest the horizon. And you realize that soon there's going to be a lot of traffic on this road. And hopefully by the time you get to the gates of Majin, uh, you'll be able to blend in perfectly with it. Red's going to, 
you know, as he's on his horse and we're kind of trotting down the road, I like he looks back over at the just absolutely destroyed earth and stuff. And he goes, you ever see anything like that before? There are those that can channel the power that can do that. Yes. Yeah. But to that extent, from a kid. That child has was more powerful than any other person that I've ever seen channel the power. I've seen my fair share as well. And normally it's just tiny little tricks and little um, small cases. Like you impressed me already with what you did when we were fighting Ernest over there. That is another class altogether. She might pose a danger to herself as well as to other people. That's why I wanted her to go to the Hall of Servants. I am not going to open this can of worms again. We can talk about the Hall of Servants at another time. One thing that I am especially concerned about are those guards from Majin. How do they know that she was here? How did we know they were here? Wait, did you... They came up. Did, I don't know. I don't know if I woke up from hearing them or if like the horse whinnied or something like that. But I woke up and went straight to the window. I did as well. It felt like someone was, I don't know, pushing me when I was sleeping. Maybe that was me, too. There's something interesting going on here that I don't think either of us understand fully. What worries me is that somehow there is somebody in Majin that knows about Darren and knows about the fact that she can wield the power this way. Enough so that it's even scaring someone who can't wield, like like the wisdom. We don't know if they want all channelers or just that channeler. Because that channeler, Darren, she's enough to send guards out in the middle of the night for whatever's going on here. It's enough to, as you just said, scare someone like Hannah away. We might need to really keep our eyes open when we go into mission. Yeah, it seems like whatever we're looking for, both this relic and whatever's going on with Darren, we're going to find in mission. And as you both lead your horses down the road towards Majin, the sun starts to get closer and closer to the zenith in the sky, and you approach the gates. And at this point, there is quite the throng surrounding you, and two things happen. You both simultaneously have no doubt you are going to make it into the city unnoticed. And for both of you, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up the closer you get to the gates because you are now certain you are being watched again. The campaign Age of Legends Downfall is played by Faye Kai, Garrett Schultz, and DM'd by Adam Diaz. For more information about us, Twatsatwats, or other awesome work we do that is unrelated to the Wheel of Time, head to the Wheel of Time Show about the Wheel of Time Show.com for bios and our social media handles. Due to high temperatures that make iron expand, the Eiffel Tower can grow more than six inches during a French summer. <laughs>